0: You're listening to Between Two Consultants, Logic 2020's original business and technology podcast. I'm Nick Kelly. And I'm Ethan Silvers. We're two consultants
1: who talk to super smart people about the latest trends in technology
0: and business. Today, we're going to be talking about microservices, and we're very fortunate to have Ilya and Ben with us today. And I will just quickly ask Ilya if you could do a very short intro followed by Ben, please.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Hey guys, nice to meet you or glad to be here. Uh, Ilya Saipin, I'm architect, uh, I'm leader of the Architecture Practice, and um, I spent Logic, I think the past five years, it was a fortunate, great time. Ben?
3: Hi, yeah, and I'm Ben Benjamin Cayley. Uh, I'm also an architect with the Architecture Practice here at Logic 2020. I've been here for a number of years. Uh, I come from a developer background, so I have all the technical background and uh, lots of industry experience. And then, you know, I have very much enjoyed my time here in consulting uh, over the past few years with Logic. And we are
1: very excited to have both of you on, Ilya and Ben. Like, quite honestly, you know, in terms of all of the guests that we've had, and we've had dozens and dozens of dozens. You guys are definitely on the list of folks who have been on our show. Let's start with, uh, we'll be uh, talking about um, microservices maturity, um, and it's been something that's really been creeping up a lot over the last several years, and so we're we're fortunate to have both of you on who are experts in microservices. And let's just start, um, I'll throw it over to Ilya. What is microservices?
2: Well, um, backing up, what is not microservice, right? Uh, if you have an application that has a lot of complexity built in it and serves multiple of use cases at once, the data flows in multiple directions and it's hard to troubleshoot because of that, that is not a microservice. So coming to opposite of that, because the applications are getting more and more complex, it became unbearable basically to handle that with dev teams. Think about like 10 years ago, you had an application with this message buzz and components of the application was trying to communicate through that thing, but also were trying to talk to each other through backend systems. It was a nightmare. So the concept of microservice is pretty simple. It's an isolated application. It means that it can be deployed separately from anything else. It serves its own use case, and this use case should be very narrow because otherwise you're just building up a small thing which becomes larger and larger and larger, and all of a sudden it's not an applica- a microservice application. Um, it has its own rules, how you would treat logs and all that stuff, all that components. In ideal situation, microservice should have an isolated data layer as well. So again, this is a chunk of code a small application dedicated to a specific purpose, which can be deployed separately from anything else. Ben, please chime in if you have a different view.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, I think just to you know, just to add on to that, you know, there's not a a size that defines a microservice either. It's 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 about like Ilya said, it's about a single purposed um, task. Uh, something accomplishing a specific thing, and not coupling that with many different use cases, but just an individual use case. So that might be a just a few lines of code. It might be a whole th- a whole application built around one single use case. But the idea is, it's an isolated thing that can be deployed by itself. Right? Can we
1: uh, just go a little bit further? And by the way, Ben and Ilya, thanks for that. Um, first time on on this uh, show between two consultants and you guys are absolutely killing it. Nick, would you agree?
0: Yeah, I'd agree. Um definitely in our top ten.
1: Yeah. <laughs> top yeah, ten. <laughs> I was gonna say top fifteen, but you know, like that that works. Um in terms of like when you're like real world benefits, so you you use microservices and now it's out in the wild and you've rearchitected. What are now the benefits that the business and um, the technology team is going to see by having microservices out there?
2: Well, first of all, it's easier to develop because again, it's an isolated thing. So from a development standpoint, you can split the work in your dev team, assigning a dedicated, a microservice to dedicated uh, members of the team and they work in this small uh, on this small scope. Also, it's much easier to troubleshoot because once you have these microservices in place, you know how they interact with each other. So you can look at the logs, you can do tracing on all that stuff. It is much easier for you to understand and isolate the problem if you have like a production issue or anything like that. And um, also, it helps you with these things like blue-green deployments or canary deployments, where you uh, upgrade not the whole your code of your old application, but only the part of the code that has been upgraded. For example, I have a feature and I can deploy a new version of that microservice. It doesn't affect anything else, but it allows you to test your use case with the live data from production without impacting anything else this is very valuable like having uh, production data for testing this is what every developer is dreaming of because otherwise you just test against some mock data which is fine in theory but in practice you might miss a lot of use cases which then you will be fixing it uh, when that will manifest in production
0: Ilya, a few times you've mentioned use cases, and I, I want to throw this one over to Ben then. Could you give us an example of a use case that you know, is, we could relate to?
3: Yeah, so even, even uh, something as simple as uh, like converting pounds to kilograms. If you're working in like an international billing system and you need to make sales on... You know, on a pound by pound basis, well, that conversion needs to happen to have an international audience. So, for instance, you might need to take a price that's, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and you're doing it by pound. Well, you don't want to lose the precision of that uh, calculation. So, you need to have a dedicated module that's doing that calculation and giving you the correct prices for whatever the division might be, or the multiplication to get back and forth between pounds and kilograms. Um, And that one use case could be its own service, right? It's own microservice. And think about it from a developer perspective. If you open up that code base, you're looking at a thing that does one thing, right? And when you talk about risk and Ilya was talking about deployments, you know, the risk of redeploying that one thing by itself is much smaller than trying to retest the whole sales application around it because you know that you're isolated already. Um, You only have to test that one thing, the risk goes way down. Awesome, And
2: and to add what Ben just said, to what just Ben said, uh, in this example, you have a very defined uh, set of inputs and outputs, right? You take kilograms and price as an input, for example, or like pounds and uh, price as an input, then your output is a price uh, and kilograms, right? So it is very defined and because of that, it is very easy to test because you can do all your regression testing, all your performance testing on that specific feature. For example, if I deploy this microservice solely, I can set up a stand for performance testing and hit it with like one million requests per second and see how it will behave separately from anything else. So I will check that this microservice is working as expected in a stressed environment. Awesome.
1: Two two questions for, I'm sorry, Nick. Sorry, a, a Ethan, I, let me jump in there because- no, you wouldn't I,
0: mind. I, I oh, no, I like mind. I I am, mind. Ethan, I mind a lot. Oh, so, okay so just and, as i was saying all right with, with deep expertise in microservices um do you think a, a microservice for counting the number of episodes we have w- would be maybe too much it might be too much for a microservice to handle
3: well, i think that's we'll over- think about this. when there's only three episodes over uh, engineering is uh, <laughs> Real problem. Who, Nick, who invited these guys on? Courtney, we have a lot to talk about after the
1: show. Our media manager and producer, Courtney. Oh, Unbelievable.
2: And uh, one more thing to add to these guys. <laughs> uh, we didn't talk about communication between microservices, right? Uh, and uh, yeah, that deserves an episode. Uh, it could be a uh, RESTful API, it could be peer-to-peer connection. There is a lot of components how that could be done. We very much like uh, PubSub queue options, that as well. For example, in our projects for Microsoft, we set up a set of microservices that communicate through each other through this queue. And because of that, it is so scalable, it doesn't really matter for us how many requests or users uh, are there in the system as long as azure will provide us enough infrastructure that's all
1: and Ilya, you started that off with um a, a full other episode could be on how microservices communicate um, it's it's awkward that you bring up um us having you guys on the show again but that's something that we can certainly discuss the other thing that we should have a whole episode on in terms of communications is um how nick should defer to me when questions are being asked. It's clearly a miss on our part. Courtney, that'll go into his PIP, his performance improvement plan. So we're <laughs> on a 90 day track. We talked about that on the last episode. Um, let's- uh, I'm, sure, I'm let's, sure
0: that will reflect flavor, favorably on me in the PIP, actually. The less you get to talk, the better, <laughs> For everyone. Let's
1: talk about best practices. Um, uh, Ilya and Ben, as is, are there a few best practices that we want to consider as we're uh, building out a microservices architecture?
2: Let me start by calling out the book. So we have this book, which I think like every developer, literally every developer must have. It is called it is called Twelve Factor App. Uh, and this is, like, it's very short. It's like 25 pages max but it depicts all the principles how application must be developed including microservices as well uh, i will name top three of them which will like, come to my mind every time first uh each microservice should have its own repository people tend to put a lot of microservice in the same repository because they think they want to reuse the code here and there this is not the best practice the best practice each microservice in in a separate repository. If you want to reuse your code, you're welcome to have shared libraries, this kind of stuff. That's a different thing. The reason for that, you want to be able to deploy the whole microservice without interaction with anything else, okay? So this is number one. Second principle, uh, you should consider your uh, logging to be a detached uh, thing. So you should shoot your logs to Splunk or Datadog, wherever, as a stream, and you should be able to look at the logs there. And even if your application is down, is not working, whatever, you already have this record of the logs you can go through and see what has happened there. And third, which is more debatable, but certainly appreciated, Each microservice has its own data structure. You do not share your data with any other microservices. There are schools which consider that the data layer could be shared between them. Uh, my personal opinion, this is not optimal because you introduce complexity and you violate the microservices principles, Uh, but this is my personal opinion.
1: Ben, would you like to disagree with anything that Ilya just said?
3: No, I think, I think, really, I think one thing that, you know, above and beyond the 12 factor um, application development stuff is there's also a shift when a company starts adopting microservices and it's more at a culture level at a, at a business level. So, you know, part of the best practices not only on the tech side but also on the business side of educating all the different stakeholders on what microservices are and how they can be scaled out and leveraged by the business because i mean think about it um in the long term like what if you've got this swarm of microservices that are all doing all these different things what if you need that that you know kilogram to pound conversion thing on five different applications. Well, now you you don't have to write it five times. You already have one microservice that does that, but you need a way to have the business understand that now you've got all these features, all these functions out there and they don't have to keep reinventing the wheel. They can start building and having momentum gathering on all the features that they've already built. So if you can bring the business along with the development and the technical teams, then you you can actually make some really interesting changes. And we've seen that with some of our clients as well.
2: Yeah, and then, like, I always want, I will always like to bring the use case to the edge. So in this example, like, if you have one microservice, it's fine. 10 is fine. But how you would handle 2,000? How you would handle 10,000 microservices? That's a really interesting story. And also how you would move a monolithic application, which is like big giant piece of code to the microservice pattern. We'll talk about it in our next episodes I guess.
1: <laughs> next episode I, I let, maybe you guys just want to host it from now on. Um, uh, so I so, you uh,
3: enjoy your company. <laughs>
1: Nick, unfortunately, we're running out of time. This has been one of um, definitely one, like of all the episodes, this has been one of the enjoyable ones. Although, like, quite honestly, all of them are quite enjoyable. Nick, just like before we sign off, would you agree with the statement that Ilya and Ben, everything that they've known, they basically learned from us?
0: Yeah, I think it's pretty fair. And uh, obviously, a lot of the content of the 12-factor the book um, got its inspiration from the show. So, it's good to see it come full circle.
1: Uh, Nick, anything else before we uh, sign off?
0: No, this is this has been great. Thank you both, gents. It's, it's been a pleasure and uh, always good to learn new things.
2: Good to be here.
0: Yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching another
1: episode of Between Two Consultants. I'm Ethan Silvers. I'm Nick Kelly. Take care, everybody.
0: You've been listening to Logic 2020's Between Two Consultants. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe so you can get each episode delivered directly to your favorite podcast app.
1: To learn more, visit our website at logic2020.com. You can also find us, Nicholas Kelly and Ethan Silvers on LinkedIn. So give us a follow. See you next time.